I'm Tyreek. I'm Chris. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Tyreek, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? I'm Tyreek. I make game. Go play it. That's it. Links in the show notes. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Yeah, my name is Chris. I make games sometimes. I want to plug houseplants, because they don't change quickly, and they're very forgiving, but then they change after a long time, and you can see it in pictures. Interesting. Children are like that too, but also in some senses they change very rapidly and hurt themselves. Change as in add injuries to themselves? <laughs> change as in move. Become on top of things that they shouldn't be on top of, like cats? Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm just imagining if houseplants had those same properties. Oh, no. Just like appearing on top of <laughs> well, things. Well, if, if houseplants were like that, you, they, they wouldn't be called houseplants. They would be called stay far away from these plants. Feral plants. <laughs> Feral plants. Do not keep them in your house plants. But then you'd see TikToks, like how people do TikToks of like their pet raccoon. Like TikToks of people with their pet like plant creepy spider thing. Yeah. Gross. Ficus on a My... leash. <laughs> Yikes. My dad introduced me into this book when I was younger. I don't know why he introduced me when I was young, but it's kind of like a horror novel called The Day of the Triffids. And it's like these these six foot tall plants that have like these poison whips on them and they can like walk around and then one day most people who live in the world like lose the ability to see and then the plants start taking over i guess yeah so it could happen and people have thought about it before <laughs> at least one person has thought about it yeah and also and, and also you and me yeah there's also uh oh man i can't even remember the name of it what's the, what's the name of uh, the musical with rick moranis and the carnivorous plant. The audience members know what I mean. What is the? Oh god! Just look in it's your head for the on show the tip notes. Of my brain. Who does the carnivorous plant play? You mean what actor plays the carnivorous plant? Well, I don't. I'm not sure which way it goes. No, the carnivorous plant is playing is playing the role. <laughs> yeah. Of, oh. Of just a normal person. Little shop of horrors. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Jeez, my brain was just yeah imploding yeah. trying to remember that. This movie about feeding in a carnivorous plant because it gets hungry. Feed me, Seymour. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, are we ready to start on some topics? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, your topic is how cars age versus how people age. I was thinking about this recently because I have like an old 2004 Toyota Camry tan. And it feels to me now the same as it always has felt since I started driving it in 2015. But like if I actually see pictures, I'm like, oh, that little dent in the back wasn't there. The upholstery at the like above the back seat wasn't peeling. The covers that cover the speakers had not yet turned into sand. The holes in the the, the mats that go under your feet when you're driving like weren't there before. So I was just kind of thinking about it like it's like looking in a mirror a little bit where, you know, on the day to day, I don't notice myself changing. And on the day to day, I don't notice my car changing either. I'm like, oh, this is exactly the same as it always has been. But then in pictures, it's like, wait. Yeah. I don't see my car in a mirror like I see myself in a mirror, but I, I do see it like every day, almost every day in pretty much the same way. Yeah. I think one major difference between a car and a person is that a car doesn't heal unless you take it to the hospital. Yeah. So true. like if every single little injury you ever had, you had to go see a doctor about, or you I would just I'm, stay there forever. Yeah. I think I'm better at not visibly injuring the car than 
myself. <laughs> yeah. Right. For well, the most in, part. In part because you don't spend all day every day driving the car, whereas you do spend all day every day driving your body around. And That's sometimes you're in point. charge of both. At the same is, time. Which is so fucked up. I feel like whenever you're in a car, you're in charge of both. Like, it's not like sometimes you're in charge of the car, and then sometimes you're in charge of your body, and oh, then yeah, sometimes yeah. you're in charge yeah. of both. Well, but you're <laughs> only in the car sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe on a long enough stretch of, like, farm road, you're in charge of neither. You exist in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the, you, like, mental You take a backseat in your own brain. Uh, I've done that while driving before. It's scary. <laughs> like, the car that I have, it's, like, it doesn't, like, stick out particularly. Like, it's not the kind of car that somebody would be like, oh, this is my collector, my old vintage collector's car, so I'm going to take really good care of it and make it look better than, like, a new car would, for example. Yeah. So it kind of, I don't feel like I have a lot of signs of aging yet, but, like, you know, just kind of starting to get that towards the late 20s. Yeah. And just seeing the, like, little, you know, the little nicks on the side of the, like, where the gas tank is and like things like that. I also have a theory of... 2004 Toyota Camrys which is that almost every single one has one exactly one dent or scrape on either the back bumper or the front bumper and sometimes the only way to tell which one is your car is by identifying the right bump. Huh. I don't I don't think that applies to people though. If you look at the license plate, <laughs> maybe twins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the twins don't have license plates. Actually, yeah, that's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it. I guess every, like, line of cars is essentially just, like, an enormous sequence of twins. Yeah. Whoa. I, I guess, like, to complete the analogy, like, one of them gets painted red chrome, and the other mm. one gets painted blue chrome, and that's yeah. how you tell the difference between them. So paint is shirts for cars, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Well, I was thinking, like, full-body tattoo, but... Okay. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. I guess another thing that could be assured is like, like when I first started driving this car, the person I bought it from had put those like Hawaiian like seat backs on the front two seats. And then I think about like a few months after I got it, I took those off and it was like, whoa, whose car is this? It's a totally new vehicle. It doesn't have the like sun faded Hawaiian seat backs on it anymore. And it smells slightly better. Yeah, It's like when you come home with a new nose and no one recognizes you. Has that, have you done that? I haven't done that. I no, I can think of one person that's happened to. Okay. Which was Jennifer Grey, star of Dirty Dancing. Oh. What happened to uh, her? She got plastic surgery to fix her nose oh. and then wasn't a star anymore because no one recognized her. That's tragic. The nose was what made her. It really was. It was really crucial to the whole effect. I feel like this is just describing not just how cars age versus how people age, but also just kind of how time works in general, like looking at a thing and then if you look at it frequently enough, you don't notice the tiny things that change about mm -hmm. it until you do. Right. I feel like that applies to almost anything. That's true. Especially right. anything that spends time in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. You couldn't you could go for like twenty years without seeing your friend's car and then you come back and it's like, oh now you've got a thousand bumps, <laughs> a thousand little dents all over the car, like you, someone took a hammer to it. It looks mm -hmm. like a golf ball. But it turns out someone actually just took a hammer to it the previous day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, cars can cars mostly age in moments. Well, uh, not entirely. My car aged in a moment with by a bus. <laughs> this aged all the way. <laughs> that was a while ago, though. It was like four years ago, five years ago. Uh, but the sun, the sun fading thing is gradual. That's like... Uh, yeah. yeah. Which, like, same for people. Yeah. 
Sorry, there's an airplane outside of my house. It's okay, I can't hear it. But I know it's there now that you said it. So Great. I will, I will be feeling It's just it. waiting for you to finish the show so I can come in. <laughs> so patient. Yeah, waiting for you to board. <laughs> I wasn't planning on going anywhere, but now I am. It prefers if I don't use my car. Car's seen enough. Yeah, now you have to age the airplane. That's... <laughs> they also age all at once. That's true. They also kind of oh. like de-age, or, or at least like there was a moment like I would like fly sometimes on airplanes, and it was kind of the same most times, you know, going Southwest or whatever airline. But there was like one time I went on Delta, and the plane had like all these blue LEDs up in the ceiling, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a maybe a new plane, or maybe just a plane that they added blue LEDs to to make it look much younger." It's like plastic surgery for a plane. Yeah. Yeah, you can replace all the light sources in your car with blue LEDs, and then it's like an entirely new blinding experience. <laughs> I think that might work. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to see any of the defects. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are we ready for another topic? Yep. Has anybody ever said no when you ask if you're ready for another topic? Has anyone ever said no, I'm not ready? Sometimes people say like they have more to talk about on the previous topic. That, that uh, does happen. Okay. More often, I'll say it at the same time as someone else was saying something interesting, and I'll be like, okay, you go first. Tyreek, your topic is learning the wrong lesson from children's media due to being an incompetent child. Yeah. So when I first, and I guess on multiple subsequent viewings of The Lion King as a youth, there's this part in the movie where Rafiki, the uh, baboon shaman guy, uh, is trying to teach Simba a lesson about how the past matters and he like whacks him on the head and then Simba's like ah what did you do that for and then Rafiki's like it doesn't matter it's in the past and the whole lesson that you're supposed to learn from that is like even things that are in the past matter and can hurt and like can have effects on the present mm -hmm. but as a kid <clears throat> I think every time that scene came up I just th thought it was so funny that I stopped paying attention and Whenever he said it does, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. I was like, "Oh, that's that's so profound. The past doesn't matter." <laughs> so oh. for like literally years, I, t I like took that as like a life lesson of of like, "Oh, history uh -huh. history doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is now and the future." And it took me a like a, an embarrassingly long time to like rewatch The Lion King as like I don't know if I was like in my like late teens or early 20s when I finally like rewatched it and watched the entire scene through and I was like oh I completely misread that entire thing because I was just like oh Rafiki he's he's the smart wise one and he says it doesn't matter it's in the past so the past must not matter and I didn't I didn't realize that there was actually like a different lesson that I was supposed to be taking from that entire situation the other important thing to realize that about movies, wise people in movies, is that movies are written by like 25-year-old idiots. <laughs> and so like any wise thing a character says, probably not actually that wise. Did that just throw the scene into question again? <laughs> yeah, now, now, I'm, now I'm questioning again. Oh yeah, it def the past definitely doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't again. Like, why do you think that that moment stuck with you the wrong way or the right way, like as a kid for so long? I don't know. I think... As a kid, I never liked history, like, as a subject, as, like, a school subject. Oh, you wanted it to be true. Yeah, I think that was part of it. I think it was, like, part of it was, was like, whenever 
like, you know, I was in a history class or or something. I was like, this, none of this matters. None of this affects me right now, which is completely wrong, <laughs> which I know now. Mm. But at the time I was like, oh, this is, this is just dumb. Why, why do I, but, but also I think, I think a large part of it was also like how history is usually taught where it's just like a series of dates and names, at least the way I, I learned a lot of history. Like there was never an effort to connect the past to the present. Yeah. And so of course, if that's the case and you're just throwing me, throwing at me like a bunch of names and dates and stuff, and you're not saying why they actually matter and how they impact the present then I'm going to think it's dumb and doesn't matter because it's like, oh yeah, this dude lived a long time ago and did a thing and who cares, you know? Yeah, the 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 focus on easily testable yeah. facts does a disservice to the student. Yeah. And now I really like history. <laughs> and like I'm like reading reading you know, a bunch of stuff that I like didn't know and and never learned and stuff, but but I think the reason I I enjoy it now is because I'm seeing how it's all connected and how everything you know like led up to the current state of the world and is continuing into the future like the future it's like like i I guess the realization that that the current point in time isn't just like an end point or you know an isolated moment but rather is like the points on like bezier curves that where it's like oh it's just the control points or something or the inflection yeah it's like a control point where it's like oh there's a line that goes through this that goes through this moment but it continues on its trajectory and is shaped by everything that comes before and everything that comes after i don't know like thinking about it that way right. makes it a lot more digestible and interesting yeah that's cool i i feel like i definitely didn't really get history as a kid and didn't like it but i think having lived life as an adult and kind of having the context of like what life is like kind of and like what the world is like kind of and living through history as we speak yeah i just feel like now i'm like oh i kind of wish i could retake middle school whatever history because like i think no. i could actually like I, I can guarantee you middle school history was terrible okay <laughs> like you don't need that shit like at least i feel like maybe i could understand it now yeah maybe i just have more attention span or whatever but i think the the context help but if we're making wishes like if anything you should be wishing for like going back to that age and just reading a bunch of books you know or not going to like elementary school but like doing real learning of some kind mm -hmm. i i feel like i am even now bad at reading like themes into media mm. i feel like i'm i'm especially bad at like reading a poem and understanding what it's about or reading or watching a movie and understanding like the like a lot of the time like i i i think it's maybe just that my mind wanders like a lot of mm. the time i feel like i don't re even really understand the plot what are you watching just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the thing that i learned from most of my english classes which are i think like especially like high school english and stuff is ostensibly about like learning how to extract meaning from the things you read and that sort of thing. Yeah. From the, and, 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 and on a, on a, in a larger scale, like the media you consume, like extracting meaning, extracting a uh, symbolism and that sort of thing. But really it just kind of taught me how to bullshit. <laughs> like they would tell me to read a book. I would read like 70 to 80% of it and then be like, ah, I think I got, you know, what they want me to get out of this as opposed to like maybe what it actually is about. I'm good enough at, 
you know, writing to just be verbose and convincing. (laughs) But as far as like the actual extraction of meaning from these things, like that's still something that I feel like I struggle with a lot. Yeah. This is something that I've talked about on the show before, but like a smart kid, especially a kid that's smarter than their teacher can really, you can really fuck yourself in terms of like actually picking Mm. up the subject because it's so much easier to bullshit than to actually do the work and actually learn things. And if the teacher doesn't notice that you're doing it because you're too good at bullshitting, then like you just, you're never going to learn anything. Right. It's like they notice that you're doing it or, and you're bullshitting or they're like, you're doing something, you're fine. I'll, I'll spend the time on somebody else. Yeah, I think that's also part of it. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is definitely like, like they're triaging the, the worst students Although, like, that can go both ways. Like, I'm sure the worst, worst students get no help because, like, what am I going to do with this guy? Right. Right. So in this one-on-one teaching environment from The Lion King, in which uh, Rafiki smacks Simba with a stick, did Simba learn Did Simba learn the lesson at that moment? I think he did. Because if I'm recalling the scene correctly, he, like, gets hit, and then Rafiki says, ah, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. And then, and then Simba's like, ah, I, I get what you did there see i see what you're doing um and then he like finally like goes back and you know tries to stop running from his past i guess which is what he was doing in the movie but not good at extracting the meaning from these things and so like took me a really long time to connect that that was like the overarching theme as opposed to just like oh hey this is a fun movie with a series of events that happen as opposed to like like it actually like mm-hmm. being like oh there's like a message don't run from your past and the things that you do matter and you know if you have power use it uh, in a way that benefits others as opposed to wouldn't it have been easier just instead of going to see this movie just to read a pamphlet with those four sentences <laughs> on them <laughs> maybe but maybe like i don't know i wouldn't have understood any of those words as a kid but it, you know maybe you get something from the movie even if maybe it's mostly right even if one of the things got from the movie is like i can't wait to hit my friends on the head with the stick and see what they do it's <laughs> the real lesson hitting hitting people with sticks is fun and entertaining yeah which you know it's not untrue <laughs> are we ready for another topic think so sure my topic is bofh servers under siege so this is a video game from like 2001 BOFH stands for Bastard Operator from Hell. Um, what? Which is... Do you know this? Have you heard of this? No. This is a series of short stories, I guess. Like, early internet uh, fiction. I, th- I think it was posted to Usenet. Written by uh, and from the perspective of a sysadmin who is frustrated with his users and is, like, fucking them over in the most egregious ways possible. Like, it's it's revenge fantasy written by a systems administrator. <laughs> okay. Bastard Operator from Hell Servers Under Siege is a indie game. I'm not sure where it originated, but it's available for the Amiga and the PC and the Commodore 64. And it is kind of an open world first person shooter, except it's top down and it has the controls of a first person shooter. What? So like you're rotating the mouse to aim. Or or turning with the arrow keys to aim. I forget if you can actually use the mouse. And and running around and, and shooting. So it has like tank control? Yeah. Yeah. And trying to save your your servers from the terrorist takeover. 
and kind of a diehard-like scenario. And I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like maybe now we segue into, like, very early indie games in general. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm confused as who you're playing as, because it sounds like... You're the bastard operator. Okay, but it sounds like you're not wreaking havoc. It sounds like you're protecting. Well, you are. You're definitely. There's a lot of destructible environments. Oh, good. <laughs> and you're definitely wreaking havoc on these terrorists. Dang. Also, you're a sysadmin who has like a huge, like a, a rocket launcher. So, like, it's in character. Yeah, as sysadmins do, of course. Do you think the person who wrote the game was also a sysadmin? My guess is no, but I could be wrong. This came out in 2002? Around there, yeah. The Commodore 64. Well, I'm not sure if that version came later. Like, that might have been a port of mm. the original... Maybe the original was a PC version. I, but it's also plausible the original was a... Like, with, with an indie game in 2001, it really could be any system. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, like one person doing a ridiculous project for the Amiga is totally plausible. I don't know where, it, there's no Wikipedia page for this thing. How did you find out about it? Oh, I th you know what? I think it was through the Pokey the Penguin mailing list. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Pokey the Penguin it definitely deserves to be its own topic, but um, Pokey the Penguin is an early webcomic. I think it started in the late 90s, and it's, ah, man, super hard to to sum it up, but it uses really crude MS Paint art and a gross italic pixel monospaced font, typewriter font. Okay. And, like, what, do the characters have personalities? Like, Pokey the Penguin himself hates Italians who are always stealing his Arctic Circle candy, and in Arctic Circle candy, the hyphen is between circle and candy. Okay. Like icebreakers? That would be like Arctic Circle Dash candy, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. I, you know, I never, I never really put that together. See, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about not being able to read things. <laughs> is that the theme? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of them. Um, and he has a friend named Skeptopotamus, whose catchphrase is, I don't believe it. That makes sense. He's... <laughs> um... He's married to the sea. This sounds like wild. It's very strange. And that's the fun is that, you know, looking back on it, I was young enough that this could just be lol random and I would have eaten that shit up. So like, I can't vouch for the quality of this comic now because I haven't read it in 20 years. I'm clicking on the archives. Oh, there's a whole pile of them. Oh yeah, there's, right the <laughs> there's a ton of these things. Anyway, there was a mailing list and I think it got mentioned there. Okay. The italic font isn't even, like, properly italicized. It's just, like, skewed. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a pixel italics. This is <laughs> wild. Anyway, I think this is the kind of thing that I would hate. It's not the thing that you do hate? I'm unwilling to engage with this because I don't believe I would enjoy it. Okay, that's, right. that's what I That's what I mean. Aesthetically, it is exactly everything that I loathe. Oh, and there's a snowman named Mr. Nutty. Of course. Is there an indie game based on Pokey the Penguin? There were several that came out of that mailing list, but none of them I don't think were ever finished. You know yeah. what? Okay. All right. You know what? This is this is a thing. The guy that I made Glittermitten Grove with, the main other collaborator, Craig Timpany. So he had made a 
fan comic of Pokey the Penguin called Prodly the Puffin. Sure. And we made a text adventure based on Prodly the Puffin. Which That's so many layers deep. Which you it. can play right now on twinbeard.com. That's one of the few web games that still runs on twinbeard.com because it's not Flash-based. It's uh, running in Parchment, the Z-Machine interpreter written in JavaScript. Okay. But yeah, you can go, re- you can go play the Pride of the Puffin Text Adventure, which I remember thinking was very funny at the time. <laughs> and I wonder if I would still feel that way. You've made a lot of games. A lot of those, are you looking at the games page on TwinBeard.com? Yeah. A lot of those are jam games, so they don't count. I don't know if I would say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the ones that are under games, the first seven items there, they basically count. And the rest of them are like, you know what, no, all these web games, the, the web games that are under, under web games, those are pretty cool too. I'm proud of those. The rest of them are just like, here's a bunch of jam games. Zero Hour Jam is coming up, right? Oh, no, that's in November. Oh, I haven't done that in years. I feel bad because I I did that for five years in a row. I just had a, at the time, a really good workflow in Flash. Yeah. And was really able to to nail it every time, I feel like. I feel like all all five years I did something worth playing, uh, which is, looking back on it, kind of incredible. Like, I can't believe I did that. Uh, Yeah. And nowadays, I I just don't have that sort of workflow. I don't have like a, a workflow that allows that sort of fast iteration and fast de- and rapid development. Yeah. And so I just haven't really like, I won't, there was one year I tried to do a zero hour game in unity and it was a disaster. That sounds like it would be a disaster. That's too bad though. Have you tried RPG maker? Oh uh, no. I've been wanting to make an RPG maker game for a while. The, the limitations of the tool seem appealing to me as someone who is completely disinterested in making RPGs. That's cool. I feel like RPG Maker is pretty flexible, although I might be thinking of like another RPG Maker than the one you're thinking of. No, I think it. I think it's more flexible now than it used to be. Like RPG Maker 99 or something was like one of the earliest like game tools I found when I was like starting to like you know make games and get interested in it. But I spent the entire time you know still being disinterested in making RPGs, trying to make Zelda clones, and it just didn't work because mm-hmm. it wasn't made for that. But now you know I feel like now that I've like had some experience making games and stuff like that i feel like i could go back and do something that i would actually find worthwhile within the limitations of tool set that's cool that'd be a cool zero hour game jam i guess it's hard well jim you could probably speak to whether it becomes harder to do a game jam at two o'clock in the morning oh that's actually that's the other reason that i wouldn't do it now is that i don't stay up that late anymore yeah for me it was very easy because i always i always used to work best after midnight yeah that was just when I was accustomed to working, and like it's been over a year now that I've been by force. I'm a morning person. I was gonna ask what your Winston-based sleep schedule is. I've been getting up at seven a.m. pretty much every day, uh, which means that this is a this is a late night for me. Okay, <laughs> this, this podcast recording will make it worth your your <laughs> lost hours of sleep. That's right. Or maybe we already did. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming onto the show and and donating of your time and topics. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. I think like like some of the earliest I guess indie games they would be called. It's so weird like how like old games 
I feel like there's like a weird like blurred line between like indie game and just like game the further back you go. Right. Yes. There's a there's an argument to be made that like what you define as an early indie game, like that only that whole idea can only exist once AAA exists. Right. Once the mainstream has moved on to like, okay, games are now made by dozens of people. So now indie games yeah. can exist. And who are like outsourcing to different teams and stuff like that. The earliest ones that I can personally like remember really well are when we had AOL. Yeah. And AOL had like AOL games section. And uh, I think on there was like Alien Carnage. And there was another game called Blinky, which I just watched a video of. Goodness gracious, it's rough. <laughs> it's a rough looking game. <laughs> I remember loving this game so much and being so into it and now watching like gameplay of it, I do not know why. But I guess it's just, you know, what existed at the time. Right. And it was online only? I'm trying to remember. I think I I wanna say it was like part of AOL games, but I don't I didn't I I didn't remember the name of it until I ran into it again more recently. Called it was called Mad Maze. And I played it on Prodigy mm. in like nineteen ninety two. And then I found out that was part of like the premium service of Prodigy. So like my dad was being charged extra for, oh, no. Oh, no. so I stopped playing that game. But you can now play Mad Maze on the, in the web browser online for free. And it's completely like the fact that someone would charge money for like per minute to play this thing is asinine <laughs> <laughs> because it is not interesting. I mean, it's interesting in the way that like, really obscure games and obscure like kinds of gameplay are it's interesting as like a historical artifact now sort of uh yeah i would i would i think that's accurate yeah i remember one from the aol days called like ladder man it's like a puzzle where you put ladders and you pushed something and <laughs> he's a man he's a ladder yeah <laughs> one of the lesser known marvel superheroes <laughs> right oh, there's also the adventures of microman i like that one a lot. i think I liked it because the walking animation is super smooth. Nice. It has like it has like six whole frames. <laughs> Searching the adventures of like in Google, there's a lot of adventures of. Everybody has adventures. Have you not had an adventure yet? I don't think I have. You're missing out. You got to get your adventure on. Got to get on the adventure newsletter. All right, are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Yes. Yes. For this segment, we're going to be watching the music video "Corn Freak on a Leash" at one quarter speed. Okay, are we ready? Yep. Three, two, one, play. Dark brick wall, low, zoom outwards. I don't see any freaks or any leashes, so... It starts as a cartoon, I remember that. I think. Oh, right, there's context here. Tyreek apparently knows this music <laughs> video. Oh, yes, I really enjoyed porn <laughs> as a youth, and this music video like blew my mind when I first saw it. Oh, there's a bunch of kids sneaking out of their homes at night. Jumping out of windows. Yeah, they're gonna go meet the freak. That's not true. I'm just, I'm just making things. <laughs> Would you say this is anime influenced? Um, I don't think it is. No, I think this is Western animation. There's no way that this music video would get made today and not be anime. True. <laughs> That's an interesting point. Someone's dripping, like there's blood dripping into that coffee pot. They should move that pot of coffee. Was it blood or was it just coffee? I mean, it was extremely red coffee, probably. Oh, oh no, there's a child on a precipice. Oh, now they're pouring steaming blood into this coffee mug. <laughs> Do you have flux on, Jim? Oh, let's see. <laughs> okay, 
I do. I do have it on. I'm going to ah. disable that. I'm going to disable Flux for an hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, climb yeah. over that barbed wire. Why do all these kids know how to climb over barbed wire? They've been rehearsing for this music video. They've done this before, obviously. Are they sneaking into a graveyard? Oh, he's grabbing his gun. He's going to shoot the kids. That's, Wait, they're building a hospital. up. This art style reminds me of, like, I don't know, like like a PSA animated thing from the 90s. Like, gun yeah. safety. It makes me think of those uh, short, uh, what was it called? Fensler films? The G.I. Joe, over, like, where they, someone overdubbed the audio? <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with this. Oh, I'll have to send you, like... I'm half tempted to just make to change the music video to be one of those instead, just right now on the fly. But no, it's we're we're locked in. You sound so disappointed. Do you not want to watch Corn's Freak on a Leash? Uh, this is this is so uh, ubiquitous a a touch touchstone among people that I know that uh, I, I want to be the one to introduce you to it. I see. Uh, oh no no! Don't do it. They're, They're play playing hot hopscotch at the precipice of a cliff which seems like a bad idea yeah yeah i'm just like transfixed i'm gonna shoot you don't jump off that cliff yeah why does that cop have a gun and this crowd of children he looks pissed yeah she's hopscotching she threw a necklace oh yeah yeah that's a that's a rule of hopscotch is that you throw something onto the oh, oh my god oh no the cop got tripped yeah the gun is airborne <laughs> what an incompetent cop what an absolute fool. More like incompetent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's probably going to be the episode title. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Actually, I, uh, I really like Ficus on a Leash. Ficus on a Leash. No! <laughs> no, the gun landed exactly in the right uh, configuration and shot. The bullet is flying through the air slowly. Right. Oh, no. Is the, yeah. Are they really... And the bullet... Don't do it. She's Watch wearing, what's going to happen to whoa, the bullet. Are you whoa. ready? Are it's you just going to pierce her ear. Whoa, it just, it's flying towards us. It just, it escaped the animation. It just hit me in the head. The bullet escaped into reality. And the bullet kills the viewer. What, that, what a twist. Okay, it's going, <laughs> it's, it's hitting a lava lamp. That was pretty cool. Good explosion. Good, good lava lamp explosion there. Yeah, a lava lamp in real life. Just, yeah, very yeah. cool explosion. Yeah, we're out of cartoon land now. I want to know what ha what's going to happen to this hopscotch girl. The bullet is still going. Anytime hopscotch girl isn't in the frame, you should be asking, where's hopscotch girl? What the fuck is that? Oh, it's a bear, like, cookie jar. <laughs> Delicious. Oh. We can tell, because it's in such slow motion, there were no cookies in that jar. That yeah. cookie jar was a total affectation. That's... Okay, now we're watching the band. Like, I'm just going to put a jar that looks like a cookie jar on my shelf to make it look like I have cookies. But I don't actually have cookies. Going back to, like, understanding what things mean in media, what is the bullet? Are we the bullet? Is corn the bullet? Well, the bullet is, <laughs> like, the bullet shot a bunch of holes that all the light came in through in the shed that they're playing music in. Oh, like I think the, the idea is that the bullet just keeps going like around the world and then comes back and it goes through the shed again. Wow. What does that mean? That's kind of interesting. The bullet represents Sputnik. The bullet represents the difficulty of being an artist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I like that. More. Yeah. The shed had, like that they're playing in has a bunch of holes in it and light is coming through it and it looks really cool. It does look cool. I didn't <sighs> write any of the corn stories being about a speeding bullet. They were fictional corn stories, so they couldn't be... This one's real. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's turning... The bullet is spinning very slowly. 
Well, it's in slow motion. We're watching this at quarter speed. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> or is it one of those type of, type of things where it, like it's spinning so fast that it starts like looking like it's spinning right. slower oh. and then backwards? Yeah, true. This this bullet just keeps going. It's visit. Oh, it's going to here a birthday comes a party, party full of more Why children. Does, what's with the kids everywhere? Oh, I think they want you to feel the thrill of children being in danger. Oh, of course. Okay, it, it popped three balloons at the party, and then it left the party, and is rapidly on its way to... It left the party, it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> this party sucks. I'm going somewhere else. That's true. What if you were to attend a party on one condition, which is that you don't stop moving? Yeah, I have to pop three balloons and leave immediately. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I had a great time, but unfortunately, I'm an introvert, and I'm still walking, so I'm just gonna turn around and walk right back out the door, thank you. <laughs> This bullet, it goes different speeds. It's going fast as fuck right now. I feel like they would trick me and install a treadmill. Oh, in my head, I was just like, would a treadmill work on a bullet? No, it would not. <laughs> yeah, no. That's. <laughs> oh, that was cool. It just blasted through a glass of milk. I don't know if it counts as a brain teaser, but the thing about whether an airplane on a treadmill would take off. <laughs> what? Wait, is that, a, is that a thing that anybody's asked before? Yeah, people have asked this question <laughs> in, in a forum I was on in like the, the early, the mid-aughts, there was this question posed and, and then there was like a hundred page thread of people like yelling oh. at each other about it. <laughs> was this in the, the penguin mailing list? <laughs> no, but it would be in character. Okay. There was a comic about that. There could have been a comic about it. Right. How... How soon after the Matrix did this music video come it out? It does have those vibes. Because, like, the bullet is leaving, like, a trail of rippling, just, like, liquidy, yeah. uh, like, heat wave effect. And I'm pretty sure that didn't right. exist before the Matrix. Well, we know that this video was uploaded to YouTube in 2009, which means nothing. Yep. It just hit the water cooler <laughs> in an office, which, maybe not coincidentally, is also featured in the Matrix. <laughs> I rewatched The Matrix last summer with my family, all three matrices, and they were pretty good. It was fun. Oh, it just hit somebody's very old cell phone. Big brick <laughs> cell phone. Uh, whoa, whoa. Oh, boy. It went through a car without hitting anything. According to Wikipedia, Freak on a Leash, the music video debuted February 5th, 1999. Wow. Okay, that didn't The Matrix come out in 1999? Um, yes. It did, didn't it? A month later, it was March 31st. Dang. Oh, wow. So this predates the Matrix? Yeah, they use the same bullet. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely heard people talk about like how bullet time was actually invented in the Blade series or something like that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, oh. it just, it pierced the corn poster, and oh. now it's traveling, it's traveling towards the lead singer, but it's slowing down. He's going to charm it. Whoa. Oh, it's oh, it just slowed down. That see that that's that's definitely in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think this might be the part of the song where he goes and he makes he keeps going. You, was, you mean the while. vocalist? The the vocalist does that or the guitarist? The vocalist, does it? yeah. That's what I was gonna ask. I don't know if I've heard this song. I used to watch the music video for everything I've known a lot because there's just like these weird creatures with mouths and no eyes or vice versa in it and i as a kid was just like whoa that's sick <laughs> <laughs> okay the bullet is like 
it's kind of like a like a big bug like flying around the room yeah and it's more like a bee just hanging out it's incredibly threatening it's a it's a friendly helper it's gonna make some honey later oh bullet honey i'm old enough to remember when bees were supposed to be scary i'm scared of bees oh okay maybe 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 it's not just me then. Like, cause I remember bees in elementary school were, were like, were, they sting you. You gotta be, you gotta avoid them and be scared of them. They induced a, a, like a, a panic within, right. within oh, any group. But, I see. But nowadays bees are our friendly helpers and you have to worry about colony collapse disorder and shit. And Real. if you see a bee, it's just a fuzzy friend. Wasps can still. Oh yeah. yeah. The one, especially the ones that kind of look like bees. Yeah, and also the huge ones. Yellow jackets. Yeah, no, fuck those. Yeah. Actually, all of them. Oh, okay. I only just noticed it's a different poster. This entire music video is just a Ganon fight between two <laughs> posters on different walls. And they're just, like, ping-ponging the bullet back and forth, apparently. That's definitely bloody. I have flux off now. There's definitely blood in that coffee. <laughs> I just remembered that this bullet... Okay, we've been watching this for like 12 minutes. This bullet came from a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, it came from... <laughs> yeah. We started in a cartoon, and then it escaped what uh, what turned out to be a, a drawn poster. And then it flew into the different poster of the band Corn, which is apparently the void space that they exist in. Yeah, I, don't know. I see. Okay, it's in a, a pipe room. Safety shower, some kind of laboratory. <laughs> a pipe, yeah. pipe room. I want to see the aftermath of, of all these people's yeah. reactions. Like narrowly escaping death. Well, you might not even realize what happened. You definitely wouldn't know anything about the the corn posters facing off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Like do you do you hear a bullet going by? Oh, the bullet just just you... went through a bunch of parking meters. Oh, yeah, that's Hell a yeah. that's a trick shot. That's like some Robin Hood shit. Yeah, yeah. Is you hear like a <laughs> tiny sonic boom? Speaking of sonic booms, what? Oh, enormous dude doing a cannonball. That bullet left a really big shadow and almost getting hit, but not. Yeah, this bullet's never going to hurt anybody. Don't jinx it. <laughs> it's coming <laughs> mighty close to hurting this child. Why does this? What does this bullet have against kids? I'm still waiting it for it to pierce someone's ear. It's like, oh, thank, thanks, <laughs> bullet. Like a, I've been meaning to do that. Were, were gauges a thing back then? It should go through yeah. their, their gauge. Yeah, it should just go through the, the hole in their gauged ear. Yeah, oh, that's, did, that's actually did, really good. Did people get their ears gauged in 1999? I feel like they did, but I have no idea. I lived through it, and I still have no idea. <laughs> oh, it's going back through the same place. It's going back through the same office building while the... Water cooler was still collapsing from being hit the first time. Oh, and there's the whipped oh, cream. Yeah, delicious. I was, gonna, I was just going to say it's fascinating to think about like how many things used to be like culturally like unacceptable or rebellious that are now just normal things that people do, like dyeing their hair, yeah, and getting piercings, yeah. and skateboarding. Maybe. Oh, it's it's arrived in, in the original room it was in. Yeah, back to the corn poster, right back in the. Went back into the exact same hole that it came out of. Hi, Bullet. Oh, and she Matrix stopped oh it. She's God. Neo. The cop is like, literally, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Did she just snap it out of existence? Wow, I, I thought she palmed it. She's got pickpocket skills. She's mad at police. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta put it right back into the barrel of the gun. She's 
dropped it into the police man's hand and is now doing a weird smile and the sun started <laughs> coming up and it was very shiny. And all the kids are running away. And the cop the cop is just like, what the fuck just happened? I definitely did not understand the message of this video. See, now you know what my life is like. Oh, okay, here's 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 the bridge that that I was talking about. Uh I'm gonna post it in the uh in the Discord chat so you can read the lyrics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is this is the sort of thing I want to paste this into like a text to speech engine. Boom na da nu na na ni ma da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na da boom na da nu na na mi na go. Ah, I have to say, Jim, I really enjoy it when you do like after after the fact audio additions to the episodes they're they're always very good i'm always happy to do them except that like i have less free time now but this one should be pretty quick how do you do text to speech like today cuz it used to be oh i'd still use dr spazzo okay i don't know what that is is it a website or something uh it's a dos program oh cool you use it with your sound blaster <laughs> of course what else it's, I think text-to-speech is built into every operating system, so you just have to figure out, go to the accessibility settings for your OS, and you can probably find various voices that can read your Windows aloud. I'm pretty sure you can also, like, Google Translate will also read things to you. Okay, never mind. There's some settings and stuff. It was, it was too hard for me to do right away. <laughs> okay, all right. This is fine. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Tyreek, your topic is, do other people just have boring dreams? Yeah, so I know it's a thing. People don't like hearing about other people's dreams, I guess. I actually really enjoy hearing other people's dreams and, like, talking about mm -hmm. my dreams with people. I don't think there's any deep meaning behind them. I know people who do, and I disagree with them. Dreams don't mean anything. But they're still really interesting to me, usually, to, like, think about and, and listen to. Oh, I think a while ago, like, I was telling my roommate about a dream that I had, and he was... He was just like, you have such weird dreams. And it was like, I was like, well, that's, that's what dreams are. They're, they're nonsense. They're, they're really strange and yeah. weird. He was like, my dreams are all just like, oh no, me working or like going, going about a <laughs> going about a day and like something, like something weird will happen. But like, I don't know, like the way you described it to him, I was like, wow, is that, is that what other people's dreams are like? Do I just, do I have weird dreams and other people just have like really boring dreams? I think a lot of people just have like anxiety dreams, like the, like I forgot my pants at home kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't tend to remember my dreams. And I think this is because that's actually, I've got this backwards. I remember my interesting dreams because I like write them down as stories. But the rest of them, I forget mm -hmm. almost immediately. The vast majority of the time when I wake up, I don't remember anything from my dream. Yeah. Sometimes I remember yeah. a dream, and right. I'll try to articulate it as a story, and if it's interesting, I'll write it down, which happens like twice a year. I don't know if that's a useful data point for you. Well, I, I think I also have like a very small like number of retained dreams yeah. when I wake up. But usually the ones that I do remember are at least marginally interesting. Um, well, okay, that might not be true. The last dream that I can remember that I had was actually just a few days ago, and it wasn't that good. 
Uh, I dreamed that Batman discovered Spider-Man's identity, <laughs> and he kidnapped Peter Parker, and then tried to convince him to get give up being a superhero before he got. To that's him. that's very conscientious. And uh, <laughs> aw, yeah, and like I think some other things happened, like some other superheroes showed up, but it was it was like mostly just a conversation. Yeah. Were you in the dream too? <laughs> I was not. I was a third party party viewer. It was like I was watching a movie. I don't know if I've ever had a dream like that as a, as not being there. I have this like 15 pound weighted blanket and if I take a nap under it I always have a wild dreams. Oh wow. <laughs> uh I can't I can't remember any offhand but it's really fun that I discovered that cuz like I'm like I want to have a cool dream nap so I'll just get that blanket out and then do it. That's actually kind of neat like if you have having a funny uh, having a cool dream on demand. I feel like most dreams that I have are vaguely stressful like i i kind of remember a recent dream my friend and i were like in my childhood home and we were looking for something but even though it was broad daylight like it was pitch dark and like the rooms were not where they were supposed to be and it was like really freaky even though it was like my childhood home and like i mean it's, it's a house it's not like a haunted house or anything but i can't remember any recent like really cool one one time my mom told me she had a dream. <laughs> it was like she had a dream that the living room got flooded and there were ducks floating around in the flooded living room. And it was like the most stressful dream she'd ever had. That sounds <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I think she I right? enjoyed ducks. She's just, just like, oh no, these ducks should not be in this room. I think what I like about Pokey the Penguin is that each series, like the best of them feel like a dream. Like, they feel like that kind of nonsense. Mm. Now I'm wondering what your dreams are like, Jim. <laughs> Try, always trying to protect my Arctic Circle candy from the Italians. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> when you say it like that, it does actually sound like something that would be dreamt. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Part of a dream reputation of being boring is just that most people aren't very good storytellers. Mm, yeah. A good storyteller can tell a good story of, like... It, this happened. This works for like anecdotes from life as well. A, a good storyteller will tell, will will make a particular incident sound much more interesting than a bad storyteller will. Uh, did you ever listen to the Idle Thumbs podcast? No, I have not. The those guys had a real knack for making the most mundane game situations sound super interesting and entertaining. It's it's a very common thing for people to like listen to this show and be like, oh man, I'm gonna go get Assassin's Creed two, and so I can have this experience. But it's 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 all the fact that like Chris Remo is a good raconteur. You know, it's not that mm. Assassin's Creed two is a super entertaining uh, scenario generator. Right. I wonder if people have knacks for telling different types of stories. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if there are people who are really good at telling like stories about their mundane day but wouldn't be able to tell like a story about something fantastic and vice versa that's interesting yeah because i i know that one thing that's kind of interesting to me is that like people have different types of memories so like people are differently good at remembering different types of information it's not like you either just are good at remembering something things or you aren't it's like oh i'm really good at remembering names but i can't remember like dates or that sort of thing and then some people are like the the exact opposite where it's like oh i can recall exactly what i was doing on day x y or z 
but if you ask me where I put my keys, I won't remember that, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like people have different yeah. types of memories. I wonder if that, how, like how, how much that extends to other aspects of the human brain and, and ability is like, oh, I can do X, Y, Z really good. And I, but I can do like the ABC very badly, but they're all like grouped under the same category of storytelling. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if there's a connection there. Like maybe, you know, there's one of these sort of subcategories of memory or storytelling skill or whatever, where someone either has really interesting dreams or is really good at talking about them would make a really good history teacher, like a good memorable history teacher for all the, all the dates and anecdotes and providing context for them. Yeah, that makes right. sense to me too. I, I think that's one of the important things about history is turning it into a story so that it has meaning other, as opposed to just being a bunch of stuff that happens. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like the word story and history sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it's something that's like fictional, but not necessarily. I think, I think those two words are related actually. Yeah. It's like things happening because of other things. If y'all are explaining a dream that you had to someone do you ever find yourself like just inserting details that you don't actually remember from the dream just so that it makes a little bit more sense to the I sometimes do yeah I'm yeah sure I, I will definitely like omit things that are uninteresting and then of course those things just mm. leave my memory because they're not part of the story anymore and I will also like come up with like an explanatory like not just that this happened but this happened for this reason yeah right Right. One thing that's actually kind of interesting to me is when people are relaying dream stories and they have information in the dream that they wouldn't reasonably have. For instance, like I like I, sometimes people will be like telling me their dream or something and they'll be like, oh, uh, that like a person showed up and they were president of Nairobi or something like that. But it's like, I've never seen the president of Nairobi. I don't know who that is. Yeah, but you just know things in dreams sometimes. Yeah, you, I just know that that's who this person was. Sometimes a whole dream could just be that you know something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's always really, really fascinating to me. It's like, oh, this, you know, something happens. And it's like you just have like an innate sense that like something is without any reasoning behind it. Yeah, I have a dream that was like that, except that it was me watching a documentary and then going to Wikipedia. In the dream? Yeah. <laughs> to Wait, answer your question, so, Tyreek, yes, other people's dreams are boring. Well, the, <laughs> just kidding. The reason, the reason I remembered this was that it was a documentary about an ancient sewage sewage treatment facility made by the Druids in 200 AD. Sorry, wait, this is not real. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just uh, a big, like, open, like, slanted field with like Stonehenge Stonehenge like slabs in it that the sewage flowed around. <laughs> and I looked I went to Wikipedia and according to Wikipedia it's still in use today and the neighbors hate it. <laughs> oh. Jim, you'd make a great history teacher. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a good storyteller for that for that very very mundane boring dream. <laughs> Of you watching a documentary and then looking it up. I, I started. I started with the boring part. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Right, right. You got to set expectations that like this is going to be an extremely boring story, and then you wow them with the twist. Right. That it's actually a good story. That there's sewage in Stonehenge. What? Yeah. Gross. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. Sure. Chris, your topic is. Turns out running has everything I love about walking, but it's very time efficient. Yeah. For the longest time, I had only ever gone running on a treadmill, like at the gym sometimes. And I was like, wow, this 
is not fun at all. But recently, I don't know why, I recently learned that you can run outside. Mm-hmm. Even on like hiking trails and things like that. <laughs> so like I like to hike because I like to like walk around and like look at cool plants and like see like little bunny rabbits running around or like look at cool bugs. But have you considered the cost? What do you mean? <laughs> okay, go on. Finish your story and then we'll talk about the, the moral cost of running. Okay. I'm really curious of what, what kinds of cost. But anyway, yeah, it's like I like walking around and looking at cool plants and bugs. And it recently dawned on me, recently as in like earlier this year, that I can run on the same trails, some of the same trails that I would hike on, and look at most of the same cool plants and bugs, Yeah, but be done in like under an hour, rather than like three hours. Also, you can see way more bugs per minute. Yeah, well, I feel like the bugs per minute is like a little bit less, because I am not looking as hard for bugs. Okay. But there is the plus side of running, which I also didn't know about before because I, I would only run like one mile but like now like when i hit like a mile and a half or something my body's like this is so fun and so like that yeah that plus cool bugs is just i don't know i feel really i kind of feel dumb that i didn't realize this before I gotta say i never got there i never got to the i never got to the runner's high myself yeah yeah that's fair i just i always was like yeah, lots of lots of people run and they all say it's great, but they're definitely all wrong. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit of survivor's bias there because like the people who don't run are the people who who don't experience runner's high. That's a great point. The people people who don't experience runner's high or don't care about cool bugs. Yeah. If you run with your mouth open, you can uh get the cool bugs that's, and collect right. them as you go and then that's true you, you can you can gauge your mouth to get even more bugs just oh practice <laughs> wow there's still no way a bullet could go through it harmlessly even if it was gauged <laughs> you gotta <laughs> gauge the back of your neck too Ooh. and wow. your spine yeah it's, uh, it's, it's uh getting dark this is this is getting into centibite territory yeah definitely <laughs> won't do that for my running also it would it would kill your aerodynamics yeah, well, maybe. Maybe it'd make them better. Wait, to have a hole? I, th- I think it would make you faster. There'd be, like, less resistance, right? Well, certainly, if you're, if you're going to gauge your mouth, you uh, want the hole in the back, too. Yeah, yeah. If you go fast enough, it'll kind of, like, make a whistling noise. Okay, that's gross. It's install <laughs> whistle tips. I was on the track team uh, very briefly in high school for a year, and uh, I always felt kind of the opposite where like the long distance running is the kind that I Mm -hmm. don't like, but they made me do it because the coach was like, you have the body of a long distance Mm -hmm. runner. Like your, your, your build is, is, is good for it. And so they made me do the long distance running, even though I Mm -hmm. really just wanted to sprint because I am impatient and I enjoy running. I have no willpower. That's what I was That's what the term is. (laughs) So like, Basically, I enjoy running, but as soon as I get tired, I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm, I'm stopping. Um, and so like, I really like sprinting and, and like all like the short distance running stuff, like, like, like hurdles are fun too. I like running and jumping. Uh, but you only have to go around once for, you know, the sh- short distance hurdles or whatever. And for sprinting, you just have to go like a little bit mm-hmm. and then you stop as soon as you get tired. But like the long distance running is always like, ah, tired want to stop right but i'm not done yet i'm not there yet I, I want i just want to be there i want to get the enjoyment of running and then be done right and there's no like how would you do that where you can stop 
running, but then you don't have to like take four times as long to walk all the way back or whatever. You you have a rubber band. You, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you just have a rubber band connecting you to the start position, and then as soon as you stop running, it just oh, whips you all the way that's back. That's great. There it is. Newest ground training tool. Here's another thought. When you get the runner's high, draw some blood, and then can you get the runner's high again just by injecting it back into yourself? Isn't that why Neil Armstrong got like his medals taken away for the tour? Uh, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. Same, same person. <laughs> is totally plausible to me. I don't know, though. I don't know the details of... Is, like, is, is, I'm pretty sure that's what blood doping is, is where you like have oxygenated blood and then you re-inject it. Right. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't actually know. That seems right. Um, but also, like, we're not concerned about, because you're not going to be getting any medals for this. You're just, like, trying to get high. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> seems like maybe not the most effective way of doing That's that. That's a good point, yeah. I see. Okay, so you're saying you can extract your blood while you have the runner's high, and that contains the high. Yes. So you only have to do it once ever. Okay. Right. Well, until you run out, right? And then you have synthesize to synthesize new blood. Like if you want to run and then get tired and just be able to get home quickly without continuing to run, you could run in Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> the moral cost of running is that like if people see you running, they're like, why is that guy running? They're, they're, they're going to be scared. Like, should I be running? Oh, they look behind you and they're like, what are they running from? Ghosts. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but like the trick is you need to be wearing like a running outfit and they're like, okay. This guy's oh. running for exercise. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also, if you look behind you at any point yeah. in time while you're running. <laughs> it's definitely back in like you're running from something territory. Yeah. You're on the trail that everyone's on, but you're going the opposite way and you keep looking back and you're wearing Converse. Anti-running attire. Anti-running attire. Anti-running attire would be, is, would it be anti-yourself running or anti-other people running? Like, maybe, like, a parachute would be anti-yourself running. Anti-other people running would be, like, spikes <laughs> coming out the sides, like, a, in a chariot fight. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Mad, Mad, Mad Max, like, post-apocalyptic vehicle. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just clothes that smell really strongly of anything. Like, it doesn't have to be bad. Like, even if it's, like, you know, you just smell really strongly of lavender. So, like, if somebody runs past, they're like, the air is no longer air. It's just... <laughs> lavender smell and now i smell good but i can't breathe you just shatter their runners high oh no the nicest <laughs> form of mustard gas is just one oh i love i love the smell of mustard and then you die oh wait yeah what if what if it's that it's like a really strong cookie scent and they're like i have to stop i have to turn around it's like right. it's a temptation it's it, it's this it's so so pungent to smell that they start floating off the ground and drifting towards it Right. If they, if they just walked away, they wouldn't be killed by the smell of cookies. But right. They can't help themselves. <laughs> right. You you got me thinking that maybe this could be like a new exercise fad that uh -huh. develops, which is intentionally running while looking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> you work out your face muscles at the same time. Right. Not just like expression wise, but like panicked. Like you run in a way that is that is expressly like panic and you look over your shoulder and you like scramble. I feel like you'd get like a much more full body workout uh, if, you, if you did it that way. So you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe people people could start intentionally just looking scared, uh, and then people would really hate them because because then they would actually start being like, oh, something's wrong. What are they running from? Especially if you're out on a on a trail or something, and be like, oh, there's there, there must be a bear. 
This right. would be like missile whistle tips. Missile tips would be a good addition to your muff muffler. Was whistle tip? Wait, what? Whistle? What? What did you say? <laughs> whistle tips. This was a. It originated in Oakland. It was a, a a fad for a while to install. So like there there were laws saying like your car engine couldn't be more, louder than X decibels. Yeah. But there were no laws saying you couldn't like add a huge, super loud whistle to like your exhaust pipe oh, and just go okay. screaming down the street on purpose. And there's this um, viral video of a, a, a character, by a character I mean a very flamboyant dude uh, named Bub Rub, <laughs> who's, who says the whistles go woo woo, and then he pulls on a, an imaginary like train cord. Yeah. <laughs> being quoted on the local news. Good. Whistle tips are now illegal. I think it didn't take very long to happen. But um, for a while, people yeah. were like deliberately welding noisemakers into their exhaust pipes. People are weird. People yeah. are so weird. Like, oh, hey, I have to be as loud and obnoxious as possible. Yeah. People yeah. will like me then, right? Oh, I don't think they want to be liked. Right. I, think I, that's... <laughs> I, I like work at a high school occasionally. It seems to me like high school students sometimes have this instinct of just like like witness me instinct like i exist i need yeah. to assert that i exist somehow and i wonder if it's just it's just that yeah I, I do think that's a big thing yeah it's like some people as they get older they get into like knitting or whatever and some people get into being witnessed like that in various <laughs> different ways there's lots yeah. of ways to be witnessed actually or leaving a mark on the world even if the people don't know it's you yeah true right People are very uh, interested in, like, legacy mm -hmm. and yeah. that sort of thing. Can't really blame them. Us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe you can. I, maybe you can definitely blame them. I don't know. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can yeah. blame some people, yeah. <laughs> you blame all of humanity. It's really all of civilization at fault. You really thought that you were going to leave your mark on this world by starting the <laughs> panicked running viral tiktok running trend <laughs> you're like oh how was your training this weekend this sunday i did i did a a stumble scramble at two miles and two and a half miles <laughs> and three people took a picture of stumble, me stumble scramble <laughs> or something i don't know I'm, I'm just i'm just imagining you like leave your mark on the on the world in the wrong way where it's like the next week there's like a news story like 50 people were trampled after a, an induced uh panic after seeing someone run from nothing yeah when, yeah when i when i talk about like people wanting to leave their mark on the world i don't think they care which way it goes true it would definitely be a very cool story that sounds like something that could be in a dream it's just like you know you, you're running from something and now everyone is but there's nothing there It'd be cool if that happened. Well, no, it'd probably be bad, but it'd be interesting if it happened in the real world. Do you want to listen to another dream of mine? Yes. Yeah, let's let's hear it. So one of one of the dreams that I keep coming back to is um I'm like watching the world through like a wall of monitors, you know, like like some kind of security person, and everything is going wrong because everybody has these eye implants. Are you familiar with like the character Batu from Ghost in the Shell? He has like robot eyes. That like let him see good. Okay, he's like Jordy LaForge. Kinda, kinda, but like you know, without the visor, they're just his eyes. Right. But they can be hacked, and so if you hack into someone's eyes, you can make them see things that aren't there, or like turn off their vision, that sort of thing. Whoa! So we're in this world where a significant portion of the population has these eye implants, but I don't think it was hacking. I think it was like 
a, a, a bug in the code or something where they just start glitching out and people start seeing things that aren't happening. But what's really weird is that the things that they're seeing that aren't happening are still having like physical effects on their bodies. And so at some point in this dream, a crowd of people all start seeing bulls that aren't there, like, you know, in the running of the bulls or something like that. Yeah. There's like a stampede of bulls. And even though they aren't there, they just fall over and get trampled by nothing as I'm watching through the security monitors. Whoa. Yeah. It's like the world's falling apart. People are like swerving to avoid things while they're driving and then like running off the road because they're trying to avoid things that aren't there. I forget how it ends, but I think someone comes into my security room. <laughs> so the monitors that you were looking through were not affected by the the virus or the no hacker. it was like it was like a big like cctv setup where it was just like showing various places throughout a city but you were also somehow seeing their perspective yes yeah it was like one, it was again like one of those weird dream things where i have knowledge that i don't know that i shouldn't have you know like, yeah considering like my position within the dream but it was like oh i know that this is what's happening because i'm dreaming it and this is the dream logic that that, that flows forth Anyway, that's one of my favorite dreams. It was very stressful. Yeah. That's a really cool that's a, yeah, that's a good like, sci-fi premise. Concept. Yeah. Slash story. Wow. Uh, and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. <laughs> uh, Tyreek, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at 4-Bit Friday on everywhere. That's me. And Chris, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Mr. Chris L. Hall on Twitter. Thanks so much for being on. Yep. This was my favorite episode of dream lords yet <laughs> hi this is jim this is the audio i append to every episode of topic lords congratulations to our newly anointed lords this episode was edited by esper quinn who can also edit your episode if you contact them on twitter if you'd like more people to hear the show you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use you can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!